Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Motion Lister Podcast. I hope you're all having a good day. Just a quick disclaimer before the episode starts. We did suffer with a few technical issues again due to our connection and a few latency errors. But what can you do? We're in lockdown so we're making do with what we've got. But without further ado, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Motion Listener Podcast. My name's Zach, I'm joined always by my co-host Elliot. Hello, hello. Uh, today we've got the Doctor, well what we're going to call the Doctor Who-niverse. The Who-niverse, so, yeah. The, the Who-niverse, yeah. So we're just going to have a bit of a discussion, go through some of our favourites, some of our least favourite things. We're going to play a little game of Would You Rather and then we're going to talk about who we want to play the next yeah. Doctor. We're going to basically talk about everything you could possibly talk about. Well, everything we think we could possibly talk about to do with Doctor Who. Yeah. And then um, and then at the end, we're going to talk about some uh, possible replacements. Yeah, I think I think we best start with a disclaimer. I know this is a disclaimer for me, but I stopped watching after Peter Capaldi. I think I started watching Jodie Whittaker. I wasn't a fan. And I, th- I think that's yeah. quite a similar theme through... Um, for a lot of Doctor Who diehard fans is that we got to the end of Peter Capaldi and we started watching the next Doctor and we were like, this just isn't the same. And yeah, we'll, we'll talk about this more as we go into it, but I don't know whether it's because I grew up or, or Doctor well, Who I, got shit. I've or, stuck through it and I don't know why. Because yeah. <laughs> the way the show's going, it's on a bit of a downfall, but we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into that a bit later. But um, basically, we've we've done a list of different yep. things we want to talk about. And first off, starting on that list is who's our favourite Doctor. So do you want to go first? Yeah, so I'm I a little bit torn doing this. And I've ended up picking the Ninth Doctor, which was sort of the one that kind of rebooted Doctor Who. And especially for me when yeah. I was young. And it kind of got me into it. And I think that's why he's my favourite Doctor. He's character has played really well um he had some some of my favorite episodes in there i think they were really good and i think the build-up of rose's character arc was amazing so but i still think david tennant as the 10th doctor was a very close second i just personally for me i think i enjoyed the ninth doctor more and i wish it had done more than one season which is a bit yeah for me it's always going to be david tennant unless someone comes around and and changes my mind but right now it's always been David Tennant yeah I think just the way he's played the character the way he filled the shoes after Christopher Eccleston like he made the character his own yeah and um he was able to carry like comedy and humor but also like the serious tones that we'd have in some episodes yeah I think that's quite an important thing uh, in Doctor Who is that they've they've got to have the two sides they've got to be quite They've got to be out, like you said. They've got to be able to do the comedy and the humour, but as well, like when when they have those serious scenes, the the kind of look down the camera and and speak. They've got to be able to yeah. really do that. The and, big and speech scenes, almost in power and yeah. And but but yeah, I agree. As I say, tenth Doctor was a very close second. It's just that that's I think the ninth Doctor was what really made me want to watch Doctor Who and carry on watching Doctor Who. Yeah, and the tenth kind of secured that. 
I think the ninth Doctor, Christopher Eccleston, he set the he set the tone for that universe. Yeah, because yeah, the, I agree. The Doctor Who that me and you have watched, we haven't watched any classic Who, but this was like the revival of the show. Yeah, with Christopher Eccleston, and he set the tone for that revival. Essentially, this this is the Doctor Who that well the Who universe that we grew up with. So not yeah, 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 yeah. The best the best part of it, basically. Essentially, yeah. 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 So next we've got um, our favourite companions. So do you want to start us on this one? If I was to go through all the companions and I was to tier list them, number yeah. one for me would be Captain Jack Hartness. Okay. Yeah. And hands down, like he's he's the most entertaining on screen. He's the funniest. He can do yeah. the serious parts really well as well. Like, like if he wasn't Captain Jack, he'd be the Doctor. Which is no, a shame, I mean, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, because he plays such a good role then, you'd have liked to have seen him play the Doctor as well. But but like you say, it, because he's a companion now, there's never any chance he'd be able to do that. For me, it's Rose. Again, I think it's because of... She's just got a really good story arc. I love the whole Bad Wolf thing. And I think it's... Yeah. When I was a bit younger, it was like the one I had a crush on the most, I think. And I think that's kind of what... Again, Secure is my favourite companion. And again, like he said, they need to be able to do the comedy and the serious. And I think her interactions with the Ninth Doctor and the Tenth Doctor were really good. And that's I think that's why she's my favourite. I think it's the love story as well. Yeah. That, um, really added to them too. Yeah. And it basically carried on over four seasons as well. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And I think as well, with, with Rose, you've got like Mickey and Jackie Tyler and... Like I think I enjoyed the whole family and how Jackie was like the interactions between Jackie and Mickey and the Doctor and stuff like that as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's a good shout. I did yeah. like Martha as well. To be honest, um, she's one of my favourites. Like she had like again the same. She had a lot of shoes to fill after Rose, but yeah. um, it wasn't like she was a replacement for Rose. She, she kind of took it down a different there. path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, she's she's pretty much the only companion to say no to the Doctor. Yeah, yeah. When he Even, when he's like, oh, do you want to carry on coming with me then? And she's like, no. No, I'm going to stay here. Yeah. Which which is very interesting because usually they end up getting their memory wiped or they get something sent to happens. a parallel universe or some, something happens between the Doctor and their companion that stops them ever travelling again. Yeah, or he just yeah. ditches you like he did to Captain Jack. He just <laughs> ditches you. <laughs> yeah, I agree, yeah. Okay, so next thing that we've got on the list are favourite enemies. Um, I'll start with this one. I've got a couple. And it seems to be that my favourite enemies are the enemies that scared me the most. So I really like the Weeping Angels. And I really yeah. like the gas mask creatures. Um Oh, the uh, from the empty child. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think he really the the creature, whatever it was, really had a name. I think it was just the empty child monster, yeah. whatever it was. I just kind of wrote um, gas mask creature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were good though. They were really good. The silence as well. Yes. Yeah. Again, that, that's another one that would would be deemed as quite scary. So it's yeah. like that the ones that are the scariest seem to be the best. It's, and it's not necessarily the looks of them for me. It's it's um what they are 
Yeah, if you know what I mean. So like the Weeping Angels, they move when you're not looking at them. Or yeah. if you blink. I think that's a very scary premise for like a monster yeah. in a movie. You have to always just... be like concentrated on them unless they're, yeah, until... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, the silence as well. If you look away from them, you forget about them instantly. Again, another really scary premise. Because you're like, yeah. you can literally have have that point to real world then. Because you're like, why well, there's some creature like the silence living with us? Essentially, but obviously we don't know because every know. time we look away, we forget it's there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah is it is it crazy premise? Yeah, yeah. And um, I also wrote down the master, but specifically yes, okay. John Sims' master. Okay. So not Missy or the new one we've got at the minute, specifically uh, John Sims' master. Yeah, I, I agree. just think um. He, he plays like an alternate version to David Tennant's Doctor so well. And like yeah. them characters against each other, like it works perfectly on screen. Um, and I he think, just plays crazy. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he's meant to be this kind of troubled person. And it, it, it's almost like you forget that he's acting mm. and he actually, he actually plays it really well and he plays it off really well. So yeah, I agree. He, he's one yeah. that I missed off the list to be fair, but that that actually goes on into the next question, which is like our favourite episode. Now I really liked the I think it was a two no is a three parter on the um Utopia, then the Toclophane, um the whole master series for David uh, Tennant where okay. they're aged in. Yeah. Um that was one of my favourite episodes. it says favourite episode, but I class them all as kind of one together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you first watch that like I remember first watching Utopia and getting to the end and being genuinely shook that he was the master. Yeah. And then it was like, what's going on? So, and then I think it was really well written considering like the Toclophane were actually those people that gets, got sent upon a rocket and it all, it all pieced together really he, nicely. He needed to turn the TARDIS into a paradox machine so that they exactly. could be there. Yeah. yeah. I think that play, that played out really nicely for me, and I think it, it, it kind of was like, like oh no, all hope's lost, and then yeah, and it also and you you find out the prime s- minister Harold Saxon throughout all the episodes, like where exactly, it's been yeah, 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 in the background, vote Saxon. And there was a vote Saxon poster in one of the Torchwood episodes as well. There's been this, like so all this time that's been about, the master, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, that, I think that's what I liked about it. It all pieced together really nicely. And it also started like the whole, it kind of spinned off the character arc for Martha and unit and the whole, she's on like a mission to do stuff. And, and I think I like that. So yeah, yeah, I, I think that that is one of my favorite episodes. Um, for me, I've got quite a few. Um, okay. Same as you. There's like a, a group of episodes which I like, which are all connected, like three parters, etc. It yeah. would be like Journey's End, and like it was like the Avengers Endgame of Doctor Who in the sense, wasn't it? Yeah, we had yeah. all the companions and characters come together. You had them come from spin-off shows, so you had the Torchwood characters coming in and the Sarah Jane and yeah, Veggie yeah. characters coming in. Like I, I remember buzzing so much when I was younger watching that episode and it'll always yeah. be like one of my all time favourites and I can always go back to and watch it and know, that, know that I'll enjoy it exactly yeah. and as I was saying like those companions from that era I don't think I could have faulted any of them so when they all come together yeah. it's like 
it's like that reunion that everybody asked for and finally got. Yeah. So like, or all your favourites in that era, or your favourite companions in that era, are pretty much all the companions you've seen. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. um, and one of my other favourite ones is Midnight. Um, yes. On that the could, that could this could even go back to favourite villain as well. You know where she just starts repeating and stealing his words. Yeah. And like, uh, it's not necessarily the monster in that one. It's um, it's showcasing the human behavior if in that situation yeah which i like like a lot of different different people and different opinions and and the selfishness or the selflessness and yeah yeah. i think that's the most scary part of that episode and that's what makes it so good when when you're like a little bit younger and you watch that episode you don't really understand the background of it until you until a bit older and then you start to appreciate that a lot of the episodes have got like an underlying theme behind them. Yeah. And I think that, that's really good because then I think that way they appeal to both kids and to adults because the adults watching it can understand what's going on in the background. Whereas the kids just see it as a normal episode and can still watch the episode yeah. and enjoy it. I love at the end as well. You can see from David Tennant's performance that like he questions why he protects these humans. Yeah. If they're, they're going to be like that. Yeah, which it's just it's such a brain twister of an episode, and that's why I like it. Yeah, I um, agree, yeah. Waters on Mars as well. Uh, yes, with uh, the little yeah. robot. What's it called now? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Gadget, gadget. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, again, yeah. another favorite. It like it's like a big character develop development episode as well as it being a really good story yeah. where um david Tennant's doctor he, he's he's getting um a bit ruthless with his power being the only time lord in the world he thinks he can just do what he wants change time etc yeah and what they call it in the show like the time lord victorious sort of thing and yeah. um and it shows the consequences he makes when he when he does something like that because yeah. it's quite dark. It's quite a dark episode because he changes time and reality to save this one person who was meant to die for her granddaughter to be to become this figure. And obviously, without her death, he just presumes that the granddaughter will still become this figure. But because that woman knows it now, she just ends up shooting herself when she gets home. Yeah, yeah. It's so really she, dark for a Doctor Who episode. Yeah, yeah. it is. But again, and, um, it, it, those it's those episodes that have got like a background that are not just this is what we're doing. Um, and like, like it's you said, really it's, well written stories that work well within the Doctor Who arc. Like yeah. Waters of Mars is a perfect one. It's a yeah. it's an episode that takes place on Mars and the waters are evil that they find on it. But it's yeah, also yeah. played well along with the Doctor's character arc. Yeah, where he's where he's becoming mad with his power as the last Time Lord and that, and it's it's kind of like him learning lessons and that he shouldn't have done this or shouldn't have done that. Like yeah, what's exactly. meant to be should be. Yeah, and it, and it leads him straight into like my other favorite episodes, which is um the the end of time, David yeah. Tennant's last episode, last ever yeah. episode. Um, I think is um. His relationship with Wilf in that hmm. episode is really nice to see. But the thing that I like about it is, even though David Tennant's a young face, he's a young actor playing the Doctor, it's two soldiers who have been in war. 
yeah. and they have that conversation together on the spaceship. Yeah, I think that's a very, very nice scene for them to have. That that end scene, well, it's not what it's towards the end where Wilf is knocking on the glass three times, and the fact that yeah. that's, been whole, that's been the whole story arc going through the whole series. And yeah. he's always thought, oh, it'll be the master or it'll be... He's kind of conflicted in who it's going to be. And it ends up being the person that, essentially, that everybody least expected. And it's it's yeah. that, that whole acting from there where he's basically kind of... Who'd have thought, angry. like, four beats, though? Like, the reason why we thought he'd be the master because, obviously, he's got that four-beat thing, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And who'd have thought, like, that could sound so menacing, just... Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I think that as well, like, the music plays a big part into it for me. Because it's like, but yeah, it, it is crazy just to think just a, like a tap on something or, yeah, or like yeah. you say, menacing such such as that. And um, moving on to another one, one of my big time favourites, you'll probably agree, Day of the Doctor, 50th anniversary. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think you could, I don't think you can go wrong. No, like you got Matt's favourite and David Tennant on screen together. The yeah. one thing I'd pick out on it is I'd like to see certain other characters could, um, come back for it. So like maybe Captain Jack and Christopher Exxon, the ninth Doctor, would be nice yeah. to see him come yeah, back for it. Yeah, it was a shame it. that he didn't. Yeah, yeah, because I feel like John Hurt as an introduction as the War Doctor was cool. But yeah. I feel like that place could have still just been played by Christopher Eccleston. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because he was like the new era anyway, so... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. I, again, I think there's ones that particularly that you pick out that you can't really go wrong. So any sort of... Again, anyone with the master in, but like as you say, the, the um, not Missy or not any of the others... The one, uh, say John Sims, his name, guy who plays. That yeah, 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 John Sims, the so, actor. Yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with his master episodes, and no. just generally any any sort of season finale with David Tennant or with yeah Christopher Eccleston. I think they're and again, again, like the the anniversary one as well. You can't really go wrong with picking them as a favourite episode because. They bring a lot of characters together that you'd like to see together that you haven't been able to see together. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. kind of appealing to the, the fan base, which is exactly what everybody wants. Yeah. So I agree. If, if that's all we've got on the, the favourite episode, then maybe we should go on to the next question, which is who's your favourite Sonic or, or laser device? Which, which favourite Sonic laser device? Um, I picked this based on design and how it looks and it's uh, okay. Matt Smith's Sonic screwdriver the green one yeah I did exactly the same I, I remember yeah. having it as a toy as a kid and you used to click the button and the top used to flick up and I think it was awesome yeah and yeah, I agree um, I think it, it's design wise it looks the coolest yeah um, David Tennant's Sonic screwdriver it's, it's iconic in itself yeah definitely like, if you saw a picture of it everybody would know that's a Sonic screwdriver yeah, even people who haven't seen Doctor Who. Um, yeah. But um, I had another one written down, which doesn't really count as a sonic device or laser device, but I feel like it's okay. it's the same area. A vortex manipulator. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree. It's got a wristwatch where you can jump from places to places in time yeah, and yeah. space wherever you want. 
which which is quite the TARDIS on your wrist. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, (laughs) it's quite funny to think that the Doctor's got this box, which is basically unlimited in space on the inside, um, and that's equivalent equivalently does what something that a small device on Captain Jack's wrist can do. Yeah. But um, I think I think they say in the show that the vortex manipulator is not as um, efficient, advanced, or, yeah. or, or um, reliable as a TARDIS is. But yeah. still, though, it's it, still really cool. Some I'd like, and um, psychic paper as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's like it's um, basically one part of the Doctor's toolkit, that isn't it? I think it's such an underrated piece of kit because it's like it's literally just a plain piece of paper. Which changes based on on where he needs to get in or what he needs to, to do. Whatever you need it to be, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'd have loved a bit of psychic paper when I was seventeen. I know, yeah. When all you lot, when oh, all you lot were eighteen before me going out. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been uh, that would have been ideal. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. Although they're not sonic or laser devices, they're still things that that are. Uh, they're interesting, but I, I think I'm agreed with you on that one. Matt Smith's is definitely the coolest sonic screwdriver. I yeah, design-wise, it's the coolest one I've seen so far. Yeah. What would you say is the worst sonic screwdriver design? Hmm. Okay, it's not a sonic screwdriver. I think it was it it was the um, adipose episode with the sonic pen. I just thought. Oh really, yeah. I thought it was a bit lazy, just... and I thought, why have you given her that device? Yeah, so it was I just thought, a black pen with a blue light on, wasn't it? Exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Again, it was, uh, um, as a kid, I had a lot of the, the toys, and that was one I had as well, and I just thought it was a bit lame. It's just a pen. Yeah. Like, there was not really any design effort gone into it. It was just, like you said, it just had a blue light on the end, so I didn't really appreciate that one. Um, Mine would probably be Peter Cabaldi's Sonic Glasses. Uh, again, I think it's a lazy move as well, isn't it? I uh, it, so. it was literally just plain black glasses. Like it looked like you could just buy them from Primark or something. Yeah. Though yeah. It, it was just so lazy and it was just so unneeded. Like it was. Yeah. Just, like why have you done that? Yeah. Give him, give him a, a nice brand new cool Sonic screwdriver. Why yeah, are you just yeah. giving him a set of plain black glasses? Like <laughs> it, it seems stupid. Yeah. That that does bring us on nicely, to be fair. So we we've gone from the favourite Sonic. Who was your favourite? Whose was your favourite Tardis look? Tardis look, uh, Tardis design. Um, I've said Matt Smith's second Tardis design. Okay. Which kind of crosses over into Peter Capaldi's Tardis design as well. Yeah. Um. So do you know which one I'm on about? So not the first one when we first have Matt Smith and Amy and that. Yeah, what he has after that with Clara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that one. I think it's, I think the minimalistic. It looks like it does. It looks like a machine. Yeah, to me, like um, it's very industrial, isn't it? Yeah, while still modern at the same time. Yeah, I think for me, I think uh, the OG one is is my favourite. Again, it's just I don't know what it is about it. I like, it's like, it looks as alien as the Doctor. But yeah, then, like I think it's the idea that on the outside it looks very human, which is like the Doctor, and then when you go inside, yeah. it's very alien. Again, like the Doctor, in such that you'd like. You're, are you on about parts. Chris Ferguson and David Tennant? Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. But sorry, just, that, that's just in case. mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I think that one for me, like, I like how the arches are like, they look like they've almost got veins running through it and stuff. I, th- I think it's really yeah. cool. I think that's my favourite. I get what you're saying. It's kind of like a living machine, which it is, which is what yeah, the yeah. is. It's a living and again, machine. It, it's that whole thing that it looks very normal on the outside. It's just a police box. But as you go yeah. on the inside, it's very alien. And again, I think that's kind of like a metaphor for the doctor. Like he looks human. He looks everything like a human. But then when you realise that if you go inside, he's got two hearts and he's not human, he's an alien. Yeah. I like, I like that kind of linkage. So yeah. I think that's why it's my favourite. That's why that's my okay, favourite. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good reason. I, I, I like, I like the second Matt Smith one and I like it how Peter Capaldi takes over that design and you start adding props like bookshelves and like yeah. chalkboards and all that. It's like they're almost customising their own space, isn't it? Yeah, and it it makes me think, like, this is, like, an old man's, like, getaway apartment sort of thing. Yeah. Like, uh, Matt Smith's first design is cool, first time they designed it. It's cool, but, like, it doesn't look like a machine. It doesn't look like a vehicle. It just looks like a luxury house, in in a way. Yeah. And, um... And uh, Jodie Whittaker's is just awful. I hate it. <laughs> I hate Jodie Whittaker's bodice. Yeah, it's just it's just a it's just a big salt lamp. Jodie Whittaker's TARDIS is. Yeah, I, I agree. hate it. Not a fan. I bet people are going to listen to this and just think we're massive Jodie Whittaker haters. We're not. It's just that the Doctor who we grow up with, I think, has been a little you, bit. You know what? Jodie Whittaker probably had a chance to be good if she, if Doctor Who was led by a better team at the minute. Yeah, so if, if we had, like, Russell T. Davis era writing with current Doctor yeah. Who, with the current Doctor yeah. Who, I think it would have been perfect. But I feel like they're trying to change it into that as well, though, like bringing back Captain Jack and all that. Yeah. But um, we'll we'll chat about Jodie in a bit. Um, yeah. um, <laughs> next question that we've got is what was your least favorite episode or or episodes in that case because I, I think there's a couple that were they weren't particularly all that so the first one i've got down one and it's a real shame that this one wasn't good um is the absorber off one because it's peter k and i really like peter what k what you mean it's a real shame <laughs> it, it it's a real shame because i like what peter good are you k gonna get it. out of it <laughs> You've got Peter Kay playing a monster from the Sladeen family who can absorb people's faces into his body. Yeah, I, I don't know why I had any hopes for it, but it's, it's just the fact that he was in it. I'd have thought they would have given him a better character to play or a better enemy to play. It's it's a risky episode as well, because Doctor Who try, has, tries it a few times where they remove the Doctor and the Companion as the main characters for the episode. They yeah. turn him into side characters, which yeah. is what that was, Love and Monsters. But that didn't really work how they wanted. No, not but with at the all. Weeping Angels first episode. Yeah, it, with yeah, it worked really well. I was gonna say that that's that's the that's the comparison that is like. Yeah, it was quite clear that obviously they still played a part in the um, Blink episode, but the main character was the the girl. So yeah, and and I loved I loved as well. Like how timey wimey they got with Dot Two with um, Blink as well, where like yeah. he was having a conversation with him based on the notes that she gave him at the end of the episode in that book. 
Yeah. And that's why he was having a conversation with him in time. And it was just good. I think, I think it's when you go into it, not understanding anything and things start to like piece together as you slowly get through the episode and you start to understand yeah. it. And like you said, by the end of the episode, you're like, it's crazy how it worked that way. And it, yeah. it did this and that, and how that was how he got this. And, but yeah, I agree. It's a, but it's a real shame that they didn't give Peter Kay a better character to play. Yeah, I think it would have been really, really good if they would have no. slightly differently. It's one of my least favourites, Love of Monsters, and yeah. another one is Fear Her with the yeah, scribble with the, monster. Yeah. I just, I just didn't like it. Like <laughs> it's just, it's just why yeah, is it I, there? I think again, I, I've got that down as one of my least favourites. It just wasn't really. Yeah. I just don't feel like it was very enjoyable to watch. Like. Uh, the, I thought it think again. Yeah, yeah. I think with with a Doctor Who episode, it's got to keep you gripped. And even if it's yeah. like, even if it's a boring, well, not not necessarily boring, but it's a part where they're trying to figure stuff out. It needs yeah. to be interesting still, and there needs to be some sort of like thing happening. Whereas this one, it felt like she just wasn't really. Like it was just like kids were getting abducted or things were happening yeah. to drawings, and it was like it wasn't really like gripping at any point. It was just sort of flatlined throughout. During during lockdown as well, when I was rewatching all the Doctor Who, I skipped mm. these episodes. Um, like I yeah. couldn't care, I couldn't care less for them. Like they don't exist to me in a way. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's, it's weird because I said earlier like how David Tennant's my favorite Doctor. But the most episodes I don't like are his. Yeah. During yeah. his run. It's ironic, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. I think the only reason those episodes saved or exist because David Tennant as the doctor saves them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, I think we're agreed on the, the least favourite. There, there are probably a lot more. There's been a lot of Doctor Who episodes and I can't think of there's, any of the, the That's the other head. one as well. With the uh, the TV screens and the woman's oh, doing yes. the TV screens and she sucks the people's faces. That's I don't the, like that one either. Is that a, that's ninth Doctor era? I think is it? Oh no, that's tenth still, isn't it? No, Where that is tenth season two still. Um, yeah. These are all season two. Yeah. Um, again, it's, it's just boring. Yeah, that's the yeah. best way to describe them. They're just boring. I think. Like, I think the premise of... was there. It had a good background story with like. It was kind of like a an abusive father and and a child and and like I think the backstory was there. I think they had the right era and I like how he come out on a Vespa and it was like yeah it was quite like quirky. But I agree with you. Once you got into the episode, it just seemed to be a bit. It's not trying to like persuade you to carry on watching. It's not interesting. Nah, nah, Sorry. nah. Just, they just wasn't enjoyable. No, that's why I didn't like him. Um, move on to the next one. Um, yeah. Least favorite companions. Okay, I've got Matt Lucas and Bradley Walsh, and I'm not even sure what characters the character names that they play. I just remember watching a couple of episodes with them, and I just thought I, I see Matt Lucas as the guy from Little Britain. Yeah, he's, he's or, or the guy from Come Fly with Me. He's he's comedy. Now, yeah. With a with a doctor or a companion, I think you need to be able to do both sides. And for me, personally, I, I just don't think he really fitted the bill. To to be fair though, I agree with you, but also don't agree with you. Um, yeah. 
I feel like Matt Lucas's role was comic relief. Yeah. And because Matt Lucas was never just the only companion. There was, there was, again, no, that, that's something that I disagree with from the fact that I think more than one, more than one companion should be like a special episode. Yeah. You know I mean, like I'm used to the doctor being with Rose or with Martha or with Donna or when he's not, he's either on his own or he's either with Jack or, or when yeah. they all come together, they don't necessarily travel together. It's like, it's usually like, or like you get a special episode where Mickey goes along or where Rory goes along or it's, I, I think seeing the doctor with like two plus companions just isn't right for me. And I think that, again, that's, that's, that's why I dis- dislike it. But um, they say it themselves in the show, like the master Missy, she goes, oh, you brought your companions along exhibition and comic relief. Yeah. Because that is what the companions are. That's what yeah, they're there for. That's why they're written in. Yeah. So um, I, I agree with you, but I think there's reasons behind why Matt Lucas is the character he is. Yeah. Um, but um, where, where you said Bradley Walsh as well. Again, I agree, but also don't agree. Um, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't just put it on Bradley Walsh. I think. I think Bradley Walsh is the best part out of the three companions we've had at the minute with this new era. Yeah. Which they like to call the fam, and it's it's so cringe. But um, very right. out of them three, like you got Ryan, Yaz, and Graham. Bradley Walsh's character. I feel yeah. like Bradley Walsh's character is the best part of that. Yeah, but overall, those three as companions and that it doesn't work. I don't think they're good actors. It, again, it could just be blamed on the writing, and yeah. it's just it's just turn. It's just cringy. I feel I like think, they they yeah. talk about stuff like like it's an adult explaining it to a child to me like I'm the child and that they they literally they're just there to ask questions. That's the only yeah, reason yeah. they're there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, but that—that's what I meant, kind of, when I put Bradley Walsh. Anyway, I thought I was thinking that era, but again, I haven't watched enough to have remembered the names of the other companions. Yeah, he was kind of the first one that popped in my mind when I thought of that. Um, but to, yeah, to be honest, he's he's the best bit, um, and he has like a side story where he has like cancer and that, but like they never they never go into it. it. It's yeah. just there. It's just, it's just like, oh, oh yeah, I have this size story where I have cancer, but they never play, they never do an episode dedicated to it or anything like that. It's just it. there. No. And yeah. that, again, I think it's, it's just, it's just bad writing. That's yeah. all it is. I agree. Yeah. Okay. So the next one we've got is villains and characters that we just feel that we haven't seen enough of. So, um, do you want to start with the villains for this one? Yeah, yeah, we'll start with the villains. Um, one of them for me would be the Silence. Yeah. Um, we got a bit of them during, like, Matt Smith's time. Yeah. But, like, we haven't really seen them since. They, they had a cameo in Jodie Whittaker's latest episode on New Year's. They were, like, one of the prisoners in that prison she was in. Yeah. But apart from that, not much else has been done with them, and I'd like to see a bit more done. Yeah. Maybe, like, because, like... It was basically said that they'd been around all through human history until he like um until the doctor like ratted them out with the TV clip and everybody saw him as like killing them. 
yeah. in, in the in like the American National um episodes and that. Yeah, yeah. And um and like why don't we go back in time before that and, and see an episode of how they might have been manipulating something maybe Victorian times manipulating the monarchy or something. Yeah, I don't just know, look, just do something interesting with it. A little bit more development, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um for me, I think considering that the cluster's one of the doctors like top I'd say top three arch enemies, but with the Cyberman and the Daleks, I'd say the Zygons. Yeah. Like I, I think they were quite prevalent in the, the old doctors before the ninth doctor but for me in in the era between the ninth and the say the 12th i really don't feel like we've seen that many of them um nah to be fair they brought them back for the 50th didn't they yeah yeah and it was like they did it to persuade they i I don't think david ten would have needed much persuading to come back anyway no no um i think he was like i'll come back but i want the zygons in in the episode yeah and um and obviously they did it for him because he always wanted the zygons to be in an episode whilst he was doing this run and they never were i was gonna say he's never there was never any there's never any like well you've also got like fucking ninth and 11th and 12th where we never saw them like you said apart from that one episode i'm pretty sure they've never really popped up again no, they did. Um, those in uh, Peter oh. Capaldi's run. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, they were in yeah. the, a few episodes there. They're in the two-parter, but apart from that, I don't think they have. No. No. So that's three episodes of like new. One, one of the main, like I said, considering like they're one of the one of the main arch enemies of the Doctor. Yeah. It's, it's a bit of a shame. Um, for me, another one as well is the Slitheen. I've really enjoyed the Slovene episodes uh, where the, the ship crashed into the London Eye. Uh, yeah. Night, Big Ben, sorry. And I just don't feel like we've had enough of them. There's a, there's a bit as well in Sarah I Jane. I think I think with the Slovene, they were really goofy. Yeah. And, and a bit of a childish villain, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Which made them work perfectly for Sarah Jane Adventures because... That was a kid show. Yeah. Sarah Jane Adventures was. And, um, but they were fun on Doctor Who as well. I, I still feel as though they they had quite a fear element as well. So like for me, the scene where you essentially what you've got to think is you're being chased by these big, massive green. Yeah. Because with claws, like I think there's still, I think there's still potential there that they haven't really unlocked. But I know, I get what you mean. Like the first time we really saw the Slidine, it was a bit like, you know, they were farting and they're like, yeah. ooh, ooh. <laughs> it seemed a bit, it seemed, like you said, it seemed a bit fun and, and childish. But, but no, I, that's just my opinion. I, I think we should have seen a bit more of the Slidine. Um I think you'll agree with this one because I, I remember us having a discussion on it, but the Dream Lord. Yeah. That episode of um, Smith. The thing with the Dream Lord is it was never confirmed to actually be a physical enemy character in the sense it was basically like particles, these, wasn't it? These particles that go into the TARDIS and put them in this state stasis. Yeah. Where, and he and he was and he was meant to be some kind of representation of the doctor. Yeah. But then they but then they teased at the end of that episode that he wasn't, so maybe he isn't. But um as a character and all that, I thought it was 
very good and just the premise like um, yeah yeah choose which one's real which one's a dream whichever one you die in will um decide whether you exist in the real world or you die forever yeah and i think again there's a whole there's a whole like backstory if you look into it like with the whole basically like amy and rory were essentially living like a perfect life like she was pregnant they were happy but then that was just a dream Uh, but then the sad reality was that they weren't having any of that and they kind of had that discussion where they were like well i think we should choose this one because this one's better yeah and i think again like i like the ones that have like a a kind of hidden meaning yeah they were at risk though as well because there's the, the risk behind it was like if they died in the dream, they died full die stop. For yeah, yeah. I think it's again, like I said, it's got it's got hidden themes of like I've got temptation. I've got that the wrong way round. If they died in the dream, they'd survive real reality. But if they died in reality, they'd be yeah, dead. yeah, yeah. Like I said, I think it's that whole like hidden themes and meanings behind stuff, which again, like you miss as a kid, but you can still enjoy the episode. But then as an adult, you really come to appreciate stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Story-wise, he was a very good character, the Dream yeah. Lord and the villain. Um, you you had another one as well, which you mentioned with the family, the Scarecrow yeah. people and that. I think that's one that we... It, it's a shame that we can't revisit because essentially the Doctor just kind of... It, I really enjoyed the episode because it was like... It was something completely different. Yeah. Like we'd never seen anything like the family before. And, and I, I think it was one of the darkest stories we've seen the Doctor yeah, do. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Especially it, with the way he punished them. Yeah. And the thing is, it, it wasn't the Doctor. It was John Smith. So yeah. Again, look, we, we've had this whole... And again, we cover like... Um, because it's set in the past, it covers like racism as well through the character of Martha. Yeah. He, like, so we, we're covering themes that should See, be covered. And I never stuck. noticed that till a rewatch. Because when yeah. I was younger, I never noticed any of that stuff. But Again, when no, I rewatched it, yeah, I was noticing yeah. it. But yeah, I, I think that episode, the, the, I think it was a couple of episodes, wasn't it? I really enjoyed them. And again, because the Doctor punished them quite horrifically and that, Essentially, there was no way of them ever coming back. Like, yeah. But if there was the p- possibility, or, or well, they they could always rewrite something and say that they somehow escaped, or, or well, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I one bought, was tossed into a star, wasn't it? So, yeah, the the one the one think... was like chained up for life in some agonizing room or something. Yeah. The other one was chucked into a black hole. <laughs> yeah. And. The other one was like frozen in time and became a scarecrow. And then one was trapped in a mirror, wasn't it? Yeah, in like another dimension within the mirror. Yeah. And um and uh and but it doesn't matter anymore because Jodie Whittaker's doctors retconned it all and she released them all in a separate in this in a separate story. And again, like we said, we'd like to see them return, but they couldn't have returned, but in typical I don't, I don't new think Doctor the Doctor, fashion, I don't think the Doctor releasing them makes sense. No, especially after he'd gone and been ruthless. Yeah, I feel like done, another villain should have released them, or they got out somehow on their, on their own. own. Yeah, because it completely retcons that whole story, the Doctor's <laughs> arc, and it'd yeah. be like, 
Oh, a few years have passed now. I guess I'll let him go now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they should have learned their lesson by this point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. It's just... Um, it seems silly. Yeah, we'll move on to uh, characters that we want to see more of. Um, I wrote down first one, Captain Jack. Yeah. Because like I said, whenever he does pop up, it's only once or twice in a season. And it's always a really good episode. When he's yeah, in it, I think. Yeah. And it'd be nice to see him as a as a main companion for a season or something. Yeah, which we've um, never seen, have we? Yeah. No. And um and I also put Sarah Jane as well. Because um it wouldn't be possible now because obviously Elizabeth stayed and passed away. But yeah. um would have been nice to see her pop up a few more times because we got her in season two and we got her in that like big companion reunion episode i think yeah. it would have been in i think i think it would have been cool to see her with peter capaldi's doctor yeah yeah definitely I, th- I think i agree with that one to some respect but again um sarah james like had her own um companionship with like some of the older doctors i think yeah, so yeah i think yeah. i think the reason she kind of just popped up here and there was that they didn't want to basically have her as a companion again and I think, I think it was more of like a nod to classic who and a bit of yeah. like fan service to those who came from exactly classic yeah who. so those those who watched it from from like you said classic who or the the old who universe um it was and kind of like basically said, the character that. that made that made the revival canon to classic who yeah 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 if you yeah. think about it but on and, that um, note, I'd have liked to have seen more of K9. Yeah. Yeah. I, I we haven't seen him in, since. I think he appeared in the one, uh, I think it was the Krillatane episode. Yeah. I think, I'm pretty sure that was the last time he was seen because the Doctor, he, he basically was, died at the end, but then the Doctor sort of pieced him back together. He turned up in back. Journey's End, the big yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. crossover episode. But after that, nah. Not seen him since. Yeah. And it would have been cool to see other doctors um, interact with him, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's a really good one, K9. I completely forgot about K9. <laughs> um, Again, though, like, because you've only seen him once or twice, like, it only clicked because I thought Sarah Jane and I was thinking about yeah. that Krillatane episode. And you know yeah. what? That, that is one that I missed from my favourite episodes. I really enjoyed the Krillatane episode. Yeah. Because of how many different characters was involved in it. So, yeah. I've, I've got another as well, which I think you'll agree with. And that's um, the Ninth Doctor as a character. Yes. Which we could have seen more of. Maybe yeah. a couple more seasons of him as I, the Doctor. I really think that he missed a trick by just doing the one. Like, Well, from stories and what's been released um basically it was created differences between him as the character and what he wanted to do with the character with the writers yeah and, and i suppose and, uh, i can understand that because obviously they the people who were writing the new doctor who had a lot of pressure to yeah to still, it was basically a reboot of the classics so they obviously wanted to do it their way and make sure it was safe yeah and i think but, Christopher Eccleston, he, he just um, mutually stepped down. Yeah. Because because of creative differences. Um, but um, I don't know if they reached out to him for the 50th. I can't remember. I think they did, and he might have turned it down. 
Because mm. I, actually, I think he did. Because I remember him saying there was a statement that he did the once after it, saying that he regret not taking the offer for the fiftieth. I think. Yeah. And um, it, is, it is a damn shame. Yeah. Like I said, he he kicked it off for me, and I think I, I do think to some respect that if he'd have done a couple more seasons and David Tennant still had his length of a run, I reckon a lot more people would consider. Christopher Eccleston as a favourite doctor. And I know it yeah. varies from generation, but generally, like a lot of mine and yours generation, um, so like late 1990s, early 2000s, I think a lot of people consider David Tennant to be the best doctor. Whereas yeah. if you look a little bit further down the line, I know my brother is a little bit younger than me who thinks the 11th doctor is, yeah. which I completely disagree with. I don't think Matt Smith was a bad doctor. Don't get me wrong, Matt Smith was great. Yeah, yeah. But um, compared to the stories and like the the acting and the scenes and the arc, like David Tennant slash Christopher Eccleston, like Russell yeah. T. D. Russell T. Davis, that era, like it's just bang on for me. I think what was missing for me with the Eleventh Doctor was it wasn't very it did it had an underlying story with the cracks in time, but I don't think yeah. the episodes flowed into each other very nicely. Whereas yeah. You kind of with with the ninth and the tenth Doctor, they flowed very nicely into each other, and they felt like there was an actual full story. It was like almost watching a film just in separate episodes. Yeah. Whereas the eleventh Doctor seemed to jump here, there, and everywhere. So yeah, that's true. I think they got better with that. To be fair, with um introducing as, Clara as stuff, and the yeah. Impossible Girl storyline. Yeah, that was good. Going on like characters coming back and like Doctors wishing we saw more of. Uh, I wrote down the eighth doctor as well, Paul yeah. McGann. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the one who regenerated into John Hurt's war doctor. Yeah. Because he's only done that movie, which I've never seen, but I reckon we should do like a little watch of it and talk yeah, about I it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we should and, do that. Um, and um, he did that short for the 50th yeah. where he regenerates into John Hurt. And like, he plays it so well. Like, even just that 10 minutes short, like that's the doctor. Yeah. Like, I feel like it wouldn't Mate. hurt to do a little spin off season of him as the doctor for a little bit. Yeah. 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 But the BBC won't do that. Of course no. they won't. Well, <laughs> the spin offs we've had so far, they did amazing with Torchwood. They did amazing with Sarah Jane Adventures. And I think they were trying to kind of split it so that there was. Doctor Who's like a, a, a complete, like broad range avenue, so you can watch yeah, it as a child yeah. or as an adult. Then Torchwood's your adult version, and then Sarah Jane is like your younger kids, yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. young adults kind of a version of stuff. But yeah, yeah. Um, talking about spin-offs, um, me and you had a few other of our own like personal ideas, didn't we, of what yeah they could have done or what they could still maybe do. Yeah, um, if 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 any BBC producers ever do tune into this, take notes because this is what the fan base wants. Yeah, and by fan yeah. base I mean us too. But but I think yeah. anybody else that's like a, a a fan of Doctor Who from our era will. I, I'm sure they'll agree with what we've got to say here. I'm sure they um, will because I, I think they're good ideas. Um, the one idea we've got is like with Martha and Mickey because they're an yeah. item now when we let last saw them. Yeah, have um, like a, un- Matt, a unit spin-off. 
well, that's the thing. They weren't really unit when we last saw them. They were more like freelance, rogue. weren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. But even that, maybe if they're like freelance and they work alongside unit and or you do the unit spin-off and treat it like Torchwood and have Martha and Mickey a part of it. What I'd like that, to see is, is maybe starting with unit and then sort of telling the story of how they ended up freelance. Yeah. The thing is, though, they couldn't do unit anymore because they've retconned it with, <sighs> guess what, with Jodie Whittaker's Jody area. Oh, yeah. Um, amazing. Basically, she tries to call unit in one episode and it's it's just not a thing anymore. They said Unit went bankrupt and it's not a thing anymore. So don't, oh, I, I thought Unit was a government-funded operation. Yeah, <laughs> so you're telling me the government's gone bankrupt? That's what I mean. Mm. But but I, I think I think it's still possible. I think they just go back. So yeah. It's like because again, a lot of these would never really work now with the current Doctor. I think a lot of them yeah. are going to be more prequel than than. And I suppose they wouldn't really be canon anymore, but yeah, um, definitely. My, the one that I had was a River Song spin-off, so it's a bit of a wishy-washy one because obviously a lot of the stuff that she does involves the Doctor in a reverse timeline. But because of the way she is, I reckon there's obviously a potential to have her doing her own adventures, essentially. Yeah, and I like the sound of a River Song one because the other spin-offs we've got, they're all Earth-based. Yeah. With River Song, you've got the potential of every episode being on a different planet. Exactly, yeah. She's not she's not based on Earth. As yeah, a, yeah, yeah. And essentially, there's nothing keeping her there because she's kind of like interlinked with the Doctor. And obviously, yeah. the Doctor spends a lot of time on Earth, but the Doctor's companions are often from Earth, which means... We get a lot of episodes on Earth, but yeah, I yeah. agree. Like that's, I think that's what made me think it would be really good. And I think I like the character of River Song anyway, and it'd be nice to see her have some different interactions with people that aren't the Doctor. And yeah. the, the, to be like, I think on her own, as a, as a standalone character, she's good enough to have had her own spin-off. I think it'd be fun as well if that ever was a series like the river river song spin-off series yeah it'd be fun to see maybe captain jack pop up in an episode and they work together on something because yeah, they're both yeah. similar as characters in a sense they're both these like flirty um courageous characters yeah i agree yeah yeah there's a lot of i think there's a lot of people i'd like to just see pop up in it to, like we could to be fair seeing... make it the series where we see the scene where river song gets the vortex manipulator of jack yeah. And made that whole episode of how she gets it. Yeah, yeah. Or even like how you could even have episodes that kind of introduce how she ends up at the library with the Vashna Narada. Yeah. So it's kind of like do the in between from this is what the happens. Yeah, yeah, this is what happened from the doctor's perspective, but this is how River Song actually got here and why she got here and how she found a team. Yeah. And I think that would work really well. All we 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 basically got River Song's arc backwards. Yeah, we got her death first, and then and we had her after that. Yeah, yeah, all the way till when she was born, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think there's a lot of potential for something like that, though. A lot of potential. Yeah, but again, BBC probably won't do it. Never gonna happen. <laughs> it, it, I think it's 
for now for now it's too little too late especially the next yeah. one that we've got down here which is like a rose and doctor series um, yeah the universe i think it's too little too late this is this is stemming off the uh journey's end the big crossover crossover episode we've yeah. mentioned this loads now that episode yeah. but um basically there's a meta crisis doctor a, a doctor like created half time lord half human donna yeah through regeneration energy i don't know it's complicated it's weird it's yeah doctor. yeah but um and he's and he's called the meta crisis doctor and he ends up staying with rose in this parallel world but i'm pretty sure in this parallel world we've seen anyway they've had cybermen they must have other alien people attack this parallel earth why not have rose and doctor be the ones in this earth in this spin-off series well Ro- rose and the spin-off um meta crisis doctor um tackling these aliens and just just show what they got up to yeah and look as you say she's in a parallel universe so it'd be nice maybe to see similar to how marvel are doing like a what if yeah to see how the doctor and rose um would have done things if things would have been slightly different to to be fair i'd go a step further because they're both a bit older now billy piper and david tennant yeah they did it now do it where they've got a family they've got some kids yeah, yeah, and so just and like all a, this, and they could be like a a family that fight aliens or whatever. It's just yeah. just ideas popping into my head. Yeah, yeah. Again, though, BBC are never going to do this because no, you're too little, money. too late. Yeah, have money. Yeah, yeah. Um, the last one I thought of, and this this stems from David Tennant's last few episodes, and from where we've just seen the Time Lords pop up every now and again, but I'd like a Time Lord prequel just to explain Gallifrey properly, because we get like bits oh, and God. bobs dragged from here and there. But and when I say properly, I mean properly, like yeah, we, I, I we want to understand. I'd like, like to see that too, but they've already done it in the worst way possible. <laughs> I don't know. I have a guess which era it was possibly done. Was it? Jodie Whittaker. Jodie Whittaker. Right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, all, all things aside, we're giving Jodie Whittaker quite a, a hard time, and it's not her; it's the writing. It's how yeah. they've how they've completely changed Doctor Who canon. Thing um, is, I've seen Jodie Whittaker in things that she's been in Black Mirror. She's, she's been in really a movie good. called Journey yeah. Man, which I saw, which was really she's good. A really good actress. Yeah, really good actress. But it's like I said, it's just a shame that the show's become a little bit too it's kind of took his own path away from the Doctor Who that we're used to. And I think people describe it as being too woke. I think yeah. that's the word we, we yeah. look for. I think, I think um, the writers are trying to tackle every single issue that's been brought up within this generation right now with genders, race and all that. When in reality, all they've got to do is write Doctor Who like they always did. Yeah, but just make sure you don't say anything offensive. That's all. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's not hard. It's not hard to not be offensive. In all honesty, Doctor Who never really did anything that was offensive anyway, or not in my opinion. I think they addressed they addressed issues which should have been addressed in the right way. Yeah, and I think they kind of lost track of that a little bit when obviously new writers got on board and started writing the Jodie Whittaker era Doctor Who. Yeah. And uh, I think this is moving on very smoothly to our last point. And before, before like... we move on, I just wanted to say in that Time Lord prequel, I want to see an origin story for the Weeping Angels. 
because the Weeping okay. Angels are hinted at being Time Lords. Now, yes. time is connected, is, is essentially what connects the two. And we see in that last episode of David Tennant's, the um, the Time Lord women essentially yeah. doing the he same calls pose. The, he even calls them the Weeping Angels of Exactly. Something. And I think there's, there's so much to explore with a Time Lord prequel or even just an explanation to Gallifrey and the whole, and it's very unexplained. Have you seen the theory that um, um, Weeping Angels are dead Time Lords? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which would make complete and utter sense, wouldn't it? Because when you, there's this idea, when you die, you turn into an angel and go to heaven. Maybe when a Time Lord dies, they turn into an angel that messes around with time. (laughs) Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it makes sense. sense. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's so much to be explored down that avenue that yeah. I think it would really and especially for me, like I think that would be the most appealing route to take, especially with the condition that Doctor Who's in now. Which like you said, it does ring us nicely on on us really addressing what the problem is with the Doctor yeah. Who at the moment. The I mean, problem with Doctor Who. As I said um, before, I think I think for me, I just stopped watching after a few episodes of Jodie Whittaker. It wasn't appealing. I didn't yeah. feel like it was made for my age range. And I feel like they kind of just ruined it, in all honesty. Yeah. See, I, I sat through it just because I, I love Doctor Who and I'm always going to watch it, I think. It's like... Die-hard Doctor Who fan. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's, it's, in, it's in my brain that i have to watch it otherwise i'd feel bad in a sense if i if i hadn't yeah and um so i've i've sat through this jody whittaker era to i have skipped a couple episodes here and now we'll be honest but um and a lot of fans as well as me will agree it's probably the worst era of doctor who we have ever seen and it's not it's not even it's not even the case that the lead's been taken over with a female role instead of a male role. Like there's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting way to turn the show I was around. Say, in fact, if anything, I agreed with putting a female in that yeah. role. And if the writing would be better and it was a bit more thought well, out. That's and all it, had... it is. It's the writing. There's no arc. There's no element of story whatsoever or character development. And, they keep ret- retconning things that mean a lot to Doctor Who. So, yeah, which um, is which is why the um, the episode with the history of the Time Lords, which is what we were just talking yeah. about, which is how they retcon that and completely changed the past of the Doctor. Be before that, we had an episode called Fu- "Fugitive of the Jadoon. and yeah. in that we had the big twist of this other female doctor existing and no one knew where she came from. So theory scientists sprouts online, like um, this female doctor's played by Joe Martin. Um, theories came online about maybe it's a doctor from a parallel universe um, yeah. or alternate dimensions. Maybe doctor who's going to go on a path with like alternate dimensions and that. So, and there was, so and there was Marvel, theories to say, Marvel yeah, yeah, yeah. eat your heart out because doctor who was already thinking about more yeah. before you. And, and there were theories that were going to come about saying that, like, this whole Jodie Whittaker era is just, has just been a different uh, universe and it, it isn't actually a part of what we know already of Doctor Who. But yeah. no, how wrong we all were. Um, 
in the episode the timeless children the finale to this season um we get we get closure on who this mysterious other female doctor who is yeah and she's really good as the doctor by the way she is really good but arguably better than jody but um and uh, we also get a bit of an origin to time lords and gallifrey and what it what it's all about yeah and um we're building up to it. We're building up to the twist. The timeless children get involved, which is like a myth, a mythological story of the timeless and where they came from. Yeah. And, um, and the big twist is, is that the doctor's been the timeless child this whole time. Right. And, and doesn't have limited regenerations has unlimited regenerations because that's what time Lords have got it from they got it from the timeless child which makes the doctor immortal and and it doesn't make and it and it changes what the doctor is the yeah. doctor's meant to be he isn't meant to be this powerful figure he's meant to be one of the normal time lords who just decided no and made that decision with like the time war and like destroying Gallifrey and all that and that and that created the whole arc of Chris Ferguson David Tennant and all yeah. that yeah. And um and saying that they're the reason regeneration exists, so they have unlimited regenerations making them immortal. Um d- completely retcons Matt Smith's last few episodes. And yeah. um and um and it, it, it disrespects William Hartnell as the first doctor because now you're saying he is not the first doctor. There's been many of other doctors before him. Yeah, yeah. He's always been known in history as the first doctor, and you can arguably say has made the show what it is now. Exactly, yeah, yeah. He started he's, the whole thing at the end the of origin. the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if they are going down that route, saying that this is a versions of the doctor that came before William Hartnell, it doesn't make sense that Joe Martin, this new female doctor, this mysterious one, has a TARDIS as a police box. Because, because the whole reason it's a police box was when William Hartnell stole it, the first Doctor, and the chameleon circuit got stuck and it stayed as a police, a police box. box. Yeah. So if there were Doctors before that who had a TARDIS, it wouldn't make any sense for them to have a police box until they got to William Hartnell. No, exactly, because when he actually stole the TARDIS, it was like some circular tube-shaped thing. Yeah, yeah, it? Yeah. It, was, it didn't really have a shape or a... Yeah. So and, I agree, it, it would never make sense for it to be a police box before yeah. before it was stolen, yeah. And it wasn't even said that he travelled through time um, or, or anything like that before. He must, he must have done it in some cases, but not the way he does now, not that we know Doctor Who as it is now. It was just yeah. a residence of Gallifrey. Yeah, and yeah, he, yeah. And then he stole the TARDIS, and um, the, then the Time War happened, and... And um, and he pressed that big red button to kill all of Gallifrey and all the Daleks and that. It retcons all of that. So all if anything, it. in sort of summary of everything we just said, it kind of the the new era of Doctor Who is more destructive than it is creative, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Essentially, what we're doing is we're going. This is what story we want to write. We're not going to look at any past history on Doctor Who. Anything that has previously been written, we're just going to hope that this can be explained as the as the the new canon for Doctor Who, and this is yeah. how we want it to continue. But yeah, I don't know whether they're trying to 
introduce like maybe maybe we're not seeing here is that um ninth tenth eleventh twelfth is like that's another era and then what they're trying to yeah. do is start a new era and yeah i think maybe we feel as though the way that people who watch the eighth doctor and previous feel about us our generation of doctor who but i agree that it shouldn't be destructive it shouldn't no. have gone against like matt smith's episode that he was um that he was getting old and that he didn't have another regeneration and that he was yeah. gonna die and it's it's because it should like, have ruined past canon they're completely like crapping on all those actors versions of the doctor and all their stories because yeah just with this one little twist it completely changes all that and it basically says none of that matters anymore no this is what we're doing now and this is this is what's going to be the case and it doesn't feel like i'm watching doctor who anymore no like everything i knew about doctor who it doesn't matter anymore yeah you know you see those memes that ruin your childhood yeah jodie whittaker's era of doctor who is one big meme ruining every other every other doctor who or every other doctor sorry that was that was in the past but yeah, and, and think, loads of people hate this episode. I think it is one of the most hated episodes of all time. And the BBC came out with a response. Um, I got it yeah. up earlier. Remember, I'll, uh, yeah, they got a lot of complaints about it, didn't they? The, the yeah, episode. I'll uh, I'll read through it, and we'll go we'll go through it together. What they're like trying to say. Um, so they came out and said, I think it was like a week after the episode aired, maybe even shorter than that. Um, Not long then. A spokesman from the BBC said, Doctor Who is a beloved long-running series and we understand that some people will feel attached to a particular idea they have of Doctor Who. It's not an idea. It's canon. It's yeah. not an idea. It's not when, our idea of Doctor Who. It's what you've written Doctor Who to be. When you write <laughs> a series or a film, regard like you, there is a transition between Peter Capaldi and Jodie Whittaker. Yeah. And there was a transition between David Tennant and Matt Smith. It wasn't yeah. like we're cutting it off here and now Jodie Whittaker's starting a brand new Doctor Who that's completely that obviously they get rebranded and everything yeah. gets reshifted. They get a new look, there's a new actor, there's a new sonic screwdriver. But generally, as it said, it's it's beloved and it's long running. You need yeah, it to yeah, carry yeah. on and you need it to understand you need to understand that the past influences the present in Doctor yeah. Who like and um, they they go on to say, or that they enjoy certain aspects of the program more than others. Opinions are strong, and this is in indicated what well, strong, and this is indic indicate. I don't know what that word says of the Im- imaginative hold that Doctor Who has that so many people engage with on so many levels. Uh, we wholeheartedly support the creative freedom of the writers. So now they're basically saying that, like, we gave our writers creative freedom. We should be respected <laughs> for it, and uh, yeah. and we will. And we feel that creating an origin story is a staple of science fiction writing. That was written. What was written does not alter the flow of stories from William Hartnell's brilliant Doctor onwards. But it does. It makes no sense. What? It retcons everything which you have already written. <laughs> like, it's not only it's not only destroying past 
uh, it's not only destroying stuff from the first Doctor, it's also destroying stuff from the 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th. It, it's going through stuff that, like, this whole story that we've been told, it's like I'm saying, this is how the story is, but that's all a lie because this is what actually happened. So that means yeah. that that's irrelevant, that's irrelevant, that's irrelevant, this is irrelevant, this part's irrelevant. So it is, it yeah. is, is affecting the flow. The science fiction bit about how it should have an origin story already had an origin story we already had one yeah exactly and that should not have been altered or changed through them rewriting how time lords basically code what what was its time lord and how it was defined and it uh, does change canon through like that story with um the timeless children um it basically says the doctor started as a young girl and grew up from that to be who we know them as now. Yeah. But that doesn't make sense because the doctors, we see the doctor as a little boy in that little cabin in the Peter Capaldi episode in Hyde. Uh, So, but that at the same time as this new story, which is saying that, that moment where he's a young boy in the cabin on Gallifrey at the same time, he should have been an older Gallifreyan at this point. So the stories yeah. don't cross over properly. They don't interlock properly. No, no. And um, they go on to say it just adds new layers and possibilities to this ongoing saga. You can argue, yeah, it does add new possibilities and stories. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But what what it's also doing is ruining what's come before which yeah. is the argument. And um, I think, I think, as I said to you before, I think if they were being creative, I think, I think them giving creative freedom to their writers is fine. As long as yeah. there's a clause that says you can't destroy past canon or past storylines in order to make your story make sense. It needs yeah. to have, it needs to be linked or it needs to be said that, okay, this is an alternate view on how it started and this is in an alternate universe like we said before or or we said that Jodie Whittaker's series is non-canon and this is a different view of Doctor Who and this yeah. is I just said like the whole multiverse idea instead of you trying to say that this is what happened Matt Smith being old and having to basically get more regenerations from the time laws is irrelevant you know what I mean like it doesn't make sense yeah um yeah, and that, they finish off the statement with, um, we have also received many positive reactions to the episode's cliffhanger. I think they had about 10% positive reactions to it. <laughs> there are still a lot of questions to be answered, and we hope that you will come back to join us and see what happens. But we appreciate that it's impossible to please all of our viewers all of the time, and your feedback has been raised with the program's executive producer. But if you want us to be happy with what you're doing, then don't completely ruin everything that we grew up watching with yeah. this show. <laughs> and I think if you look at, uh, understandably, TV and like watching through BBC, ITV, Sky, anything like that, I know that's on the decline anyway. But if you look at the viewings of Doctor Who when we were younger compared to now, like I would still be happy to sit and watch Doctor Who on TV if it was still good. 
Yeah. I know, obviously, that's a strong opinion, and that's very subjective of me saying that it, it, it's good or it's bad now. But in my opinion, the fact that it, it makes me angry, for one, that they've ruined everything from the past and it's destructive, it's created yeah. destruction, but also that it's no longer enjoyable and that Doctor, as I said before, Doctor Who used to be appealing to not only kids but also to adults and there was always a deeper story and there was a hidden meaning or, or something going on in the story where, where, where yeah. if he's a bit older you can understand it but then if you watch it as a child it's a good story to watch because you can still understand what's going on whereas now it seems like they're, they're trying to be too woke and I think they're trying to appeal to the kids and kind of just kind of tunnel it so it's just aimed at them and I don't yeah. think the writers are skilled enough to be able to put it together so that it's appealing to both sides I feel like it's like what I said earlier they're trying to adapt the show now to a new generation yeah ones who ones who haven't watched it before yeah and um and I think it's just really backfired I don't think yeah. they realize how much of their audience has come from before yeah they're, they're essentially how many of them are new yeah, they didn't do their research, and yeah. no, what what essentially is what happened is, especially for people like me and you, like quite big fans of Doctor Who, I don't want to watch it anymore, and I'll be reluctant to watch anything past Jodie Whittaker now yeah. because of how how much they've played and toyed and ruined that stuff from the past. Like, I just think it, it's quite. There's like fundamentals to a Doctor Who, which you just need. So you need the Doctor to be quirky, which we've got. The Doctor is quirky. She's new. She's different. The looks of the Doctor Who, uh, that doesn't necessarily have to change. It didn't really change between David Tennant and and Christopher Eccleston. But I feel like if they want to change things there, that's not a problem. So, But I think what you need is if you've got a companion, you need a companion, at least one companion. Yeah. And they need to have a backstory. So we've got... Um, Bad Wolf for Rose and then we've got for Donna we've got um, the whole there's something on your back and then the whole turn right and yeah. and the whole you know they've all they've all got their own separate storyline so it's like yeah, you've got Martha with ben Saxon exactly then you've got Matt Smith with with the cracks in time and you they've all got like a underlying story which follows them through there's, there's an arc there's an arc yeah. Yeah. Which they're building towards with all these other stories, which I think is really missing from this Doctor Who now, and I think that's fundamental because it's been through yeah. every series since Christopher Eccleston re essentially rebooted Doctor Who back in the first in the, as, as the Ninth Doctor. So yeah, and uh, going on with what you were saying, like when it comes to like a new regeneration, it is always a soft reboot to the show. Yeah. But what they've done here, they've completely rebooted it. Yeah. A soft reboot, like they've or they've changed the logo a bit, the dot two logo. Um they've they've changed what he wears, the style, yeah. like bow ties are cool, that's becoming the thing, the TARDIS yeah. design, the Sonic Screwdriver design. It's a soft reboot but but it's still Doctor Who at his core. But what they've done with Jodie Whittaker's era, they've com- they're completely rebooting it. And it's and it's making the show die. Yeah, which is a shame. I think again, like I said, I'm reluctant to watch past Jodie Whittaker. Now I might watch a few episodes, and yeah. I've still got there's still potential for them to bring it back. But they're just there is 
there is there's loads of potential but it's like but i said just, to you i'm not watching it i'm not watching it now i'm sitting through it yeah like it's a chore you don't watch it because it's enjoyable but you watch it because you think this is doctor who I, i've watched this since yeah well, i think the first the first series was around 2005 so it's been it's well established exactly it's always and, been something in my life and it's a shame because it's been so many years that they've got it right like there's bits yeah. that do that there's always bad episodes and we've seen bad episodes and like you said there's bad episodes in the 10th doctor which is what you consider to be your favorite doctor but yeah yeah majority of the time they've got it right and now i don't think there could be any further away from right if they're trying I think, like it's just, i think all it is it's the team that got behind it like the producers the writers the directors the yeah. showrunners I don't, I think they've employed all those people who haven't watched it before. Yeah. And they're and they're or just don't. going off like notes of what's already happened. Yeah. So in essence the problem is quite it's quite complicated. So like coming back to like the original question, what is the actual problem with the current Doctor Who? It's not the Doctor. The Doctor's fine. The fact that we've had a female Doctor is great. Companions, mm. yeah, it could be argued that they're not perfect. Um, but in reality, what we're saying is it, it's the writing. It's the fact that it's not canon and it doesn't continue on from Peter Capaldi or Matt Smith or or any of the other past doctors. And it's just how they've, they've got creative power, which is great, but they're destroying everything from the past. Yeah, I think a, so, a great way, because I, I feel like we've spoke about this for ages now. So I think yeah. a great way for us to settle it is the problem with Doctor Who is the bbc yeah that's it <laughs> that's, yeah. that's it <laughs> plain and simple um right let's do something a bit more light-hearted yeah um, I, I think we've talked a little bit yeah a little bit seriously so i think this is a perfect time to do this so we're gonna play a little game of doctor who would you rather and we've reckon, come up with these we tried to google some would you rather questions but we couldn't find any so, so these are ours made them myself <laughs> yeah and <laughs> yeah. um, i think what we're going to do uh, after the episode as well is when we do release the the instagram post for this we'll post if we can the uh the questions onto the post so if you want to answer them yourself or, or whatever you can yeah, do. yeah play along so right so the first one would you rather find out that you've been a Slitheen all along or a Zygon all along? This is so, so, so we're, we're just suddenly finding out without, without knowledge our whole you, lives that we've been one of just, these things. You've just lifted up your fringe and yeah. all of a sudden you've got a zip on your forehead. Yeah. What, yeah. what are you I've doing? Had, I've, I've had this zip there my whole life. I've only just noticed now by yeah, lifting yeah. my fringe. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, or, or you just look in the mirror and you're a Zygon. Uh, well, I think I think I'm fat enough to be a Slitheen, but I'm all I'm also greasy enough to be a Zygon. They're just both disgusting creatures. <laughs> Perfect way of looking at it. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, I think I'm fat enough to be a Slitheen. I'd say Slitheen again. They're one of my favourites, and I think fucking someone pisses you off, you just unzip, and you're uh, like, "What are you going to do now? I'll claw you to death." I think I'd rather be a Zygon because they can change into anything. Mm, okay, that's so a the, good one. So then I just um limited to just having a human skin suit, whereas a Zygon I can just morph into a horse or something if I wanted to. <laughs> Out of all the things you could have possibly thought, you was like, no, nah, not not like 
or a dragon or or something cool. You was like, if I wanted to be a horse, I could just go, and I'm a horse. Mate, horses are hefty. I'd like to see you go one to one with the horse, and we'll see who wins. Tune in for the next episode where Elliot faces a horse. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next one. This is a hard one. A really hard one. Would you rather work for Torchwood or Unit? I say Torchwood. So yeah. Apparently, that wasn't hard as I'd say the same. I'd say Torchwood. The problem yeah. is with Unit, with Unit, you get to work with Martha. So thing with Torchwood though Torchwood seems like a group of mates and they're just working together defeating aliens but unit is like just looks like another job it's like, it's like a government agency in it it's yeah. proper like serious and military yeah Torchwood looks like you're out with your mates doing stuff but unit just looks like another boring old job yeah yeah I think a lot of that the stuff in sense. Torch yeah a lot of the stuff in Torchwood seems fun as well you remember they had the gauntlet where you could bring someone back to life yeah, for like 20 yeah, minutes yeah. and have a chat with them. Yeah, I, I agree, yeah. Tor- it wasn't as hard as I thought it was, actually, yeah. Torchwood. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then. And this one, I think this one genuinely is a hard one. So would you rather watch your least favourite episode every day for the rest of your life or never be able to watch or remember your favourite episode ever again? Hmm. I'll start, you know, I, I think if I don't remember what my favourite episode was, I think this might be a little bit of a thing in the word and the question. But if I can't remember what my what my favourite episode was, then I'm not going to remember that I wanted to watch it because it was my favourite episode because I don't even know it's my favourite episode. And I've got other favourite episodes, so I think, yeah. I think I'd, I'd say that not be able to watch. But this is your most favorite episode ever yeah but the episode you can always rely on it says you can't even remember it so when someone's like oh what's your favorite doctor episode you'd be like i ain't got a clue i think i think Mm. i'd watch my least favorite every day you reckon yeah because i might grow to like it i suppose so yeah (laughs) (laughs) the scribble monster Yeah, that's a really Mm. unique and cool villain, the Scribble Monster. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose, but it's still... Are you agreeing? I've been sarcastic. Of course it isn't. Mm. (laughs) I mean, I'd like to be able to draw something and someone just disappears off the street. But um, I think I'd watch um, my least favourite episode every day because I'd say out of everything, Day of the Doctor's my favourite, and I think without knowing that ever existed it wouldn't make me love Doctor as much as I still do mm. now. Yeah, okay. That, that was a difficult one, man. That was a really difficult yeah. one. Now, you, now you've said that, it's made me being too blind yeah. about my answer. <laughs> exactly. Okay. But also, right. your Let's argument move. makes sense as well. You don't know if it yeah. ever existed, so whatever choices you make beyond that won't ever really affect matter. you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next one. Um, would you rather get exterminated or be deleted? I think deleted looks less painful. Wait, I'd say that, but but then extermination but be, looks quicker. Ex, yeah, I was about to say ex, being exterminated looks more instant. 
like it, it looks like you're zapped and that's it like you fall and you're straight down whereas yeah 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 when yeah. you get deleted you kind of have a little bit of a a shake before you have a, you, bit, you have a bit of a shake before you go down yeah 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 <laughs> i think i'd say i mean if i was looking for a nice slow painful death then maybe i'd be deleted but no i'd say no, exterminated i'd say exterminated as well exterminated yeah. okay right uh, let's go to the next one would you rather star in a Doctor Who episode or write one? After everything Based on how Doctor Who about, is now. Yeah. Yeah, and all the ideas that we have, like just as fans, I'd say I'd rather write one. Yeah, me. Definitely. Because I, f- I feel like if, if, we, if, we, if we were before Doctor Who dying, I'd like to star in it. Yeah, just definitely. Little, just, it, just just in the background doing that, something. Just walking past or something. That was our yeah, era. Yeah, yeah, Be on a set with exactly. people like David Tennant or Billy Piper or Freeman Argument. Like, that would have been insane. But now, yeah, I have no interest in starring in the current Doctor Who. So if we're talking present day, I think I'd rather write one and try and revive the, I, the current shit yeah. show, which is Doctor Who now. I'd try and save it. I'd try yeah. and be the Doctor for Doctor Who and save yeah. the show. So, next one. <laughs> this is a funny one. Would you rather simp for Rose Tyler or simp for Amy Pond? <laughs> this one's That's easy. That's really hard. Nah, this one's easy. Uh, I've, Rose Tyler has always been... Yeah, it's got to be Rose. She was the first. first I think one. I'd say Rose as well. Yeah, I remember the other show she used to be in as well, Billy Piper. You remember yeah. Secret Diary of a Cool Girl? Yeah, I remember. Like child, that's like childhood crush. Like yeah, childhood I'd, I'd crush secretly territory. watch that show late at <laughs> night on ITV2 when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, in that, it'd probably be Rose Tyler because I was yeah. Sim Tofra when I was younger. So no, yeah, don't get me Rose wrong. Tyler. Amy Pond is still simpable. If, if yeah if that's even a word but i think just from the fact that i got a massive crush on rose tyler when i was young i think it's got to be her yeah okay yeah, would you rather definitely. be a companion would you rather your companion be from the past or the future oh well, a new companion would i rather it be from the past yeah or the sorry future? sorry no, yeah. yeah yeah um I think the past and okay. like bring them into the future. I think that's always fun to watch. Yeah. Having so someone from like the 1600s come over here to the 2000s and see, see what they I think, think about I think, it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's fun and interesting because it makes it more real with a, yeah. with a future companion from the future. It's always going to be fiction, not, not fact. Yeah. They're not going to be from an actual place. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think so, I agree on that one. That yeah, literally pretty much the same lines as what I was going on as well. Yeah, I think yeah, I think because you are the Doctor and you've seen both past and future, I think when you have somebody from the past and they're yeah. in awe of everything that's come to be from their current present and then coming like many thousands of years into the future, I think that's I think that's a better on-screen representation. 
of what you yeah, would be yeah, like yeah. in that position Cause, as well. Because then you'd have the same scenes of companions from the present seeing the future, but with past com- with companions from the past seeing the present, because that's the future to them. Yeah. That's what I mean. It creates so many more different... Possibilities. Possibilities and stories. So, yeah, definitely yeah. from the past, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. Next one, would you rather... <laughs> would you rather play the Doctor or be the Doctor? So, what do you mean by this one? Is it like... I think... I think... I think by the way, we wrote these like a week ago and we've kind of let them sat there. So we thought, so we thought we'll leave them sat there for a bit and then we'll go into it with a fresh mind. I'd actually, um, I think we meant like, would we rather be an actor playing the doctor and playing this role or would we rather be the doctor being able to travel through time, be in all these situations with Daleks and all that? I'd say be the doctor. It just seems very like adrenaline junkie kind of vibes. Like it feels yeah. like every situation you get put in is like being at the top of a roller, roller coaster and coming down that first initial slope and feeling that G-force. Like, sure, playing the Doctor would be cool. as well. Yeah, Do exactly. with the time machine. Exactly. And I know, like, he's been portrayed that he's quite troubled and that he's thousands of years old and that he's a bit fed up and stuff. But, yeah. you know, I could deal with that if I'm fighting, zombie, uh, fighting zombies, fighting Daleks and Cybermen. You could and, fight zombies. I mean, we haven't had a Doctor episode with that with zombies. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they can be written in in some way. Yeah, you just got to be away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'd both rather be the Doctor. Um, next one, would you rather have Doctor Who episodes only set in the past or only set in the future? Mm. I'm gonna say the, mm, I'm gonna say the past because every episode that I've watched in the past has had like a really cool storyline, but spin-off based on stuff in the past. So it's not like this is how the past was. Like, for example, the um, the witches episode with um, yeah. William Shakespeare. Yeah. And I think I like the stuff like that where it's got, like, Doctor Who merged with actual past and Earth past. So yeah. I think, for me, That's it's the past. That's what I was going to say. Um, with the past, you have the possibility to introduce all these famous historical figures and have them be a part of the story. So with William Shakespeare, Agatha Christie, yeah, et cetera, et cetera, Charles Dickens as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also with the future, there's so much creative freedom a writer mm, that's and true. can go with the future because it could literally be anything if it's the future. Yeah, it's like, like you the, the sky's the limit. Anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But also you can argue you're limited with past stories and you've got to work a story around it and it might make the story more entertaining. But yeah. overall, I would say the past. I think with the past, you can bring past and future together because back then you did... Like, for example, there was that huge being, that Agatha Christie episode. That, that yeah. to me, is, is, is future. Although it's an enemy, it, you wouldn't really see that back in that time. And... But I think, yeah, I think with the the powers of science fiction, you can kind of merge by, it anyway. But by the way, you you carry on first. I'll let you finish. Okay. If if anything, yeah, I think past definitely set in the past yeah. rather than the future. Um, side note with um the Agatha Christie episode, I'm thinking back to that now because I remember rewatching it and it's 
it's a really cool episode and idea and that and it's funny david tennant and Catherine tate on screen together is hilarious yeah but the whole plot twist where we find out it was the wasp murder and everything don't you think it's really dodgy that you basically learn that she gave birth to a wasp yeah like <laughs> it was genuinely like yeah like she, she she was pregnant with a wasp and gave birth to one and the wasp somehow figured out how to shapeshift into a human like it's dad and <laughs> yeah. she also had a sexual relationship with the father with a, the wasp. A wasp yeah 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 I thought nothing of it, it when is. I was younger, but when I was watching it now, older, I was like, this is just weird. Strange, <laughs> really strange. Um, so the next one that we've got on that one is, would you rather be chased by Weeping Angels or Vashta Narada? So I think we talked uh, a lot about the Weeping Angels in this. For, for those who don't remember what the Vashta Narada was, it was the library episode with Donna. Um, yeah. If anything, if anybody's going to remember it, it was the um, Donna Noble has left the library. Donna Noble has been saved. The thing is, with the Weeping Angels, the scary, uh, and I think it's impossible to outrun a, a Weeping Angel. But yeah. like, when you do get killed by one, it isn't an instant death. They literally send you back and die, so you die of age. Yeah. On that same day, which they send you back. Yeah. So, so it's like. It's I not really, really mind it. It's not really <laughs> dying, is it? Yeah. Whereas when you get killed by the Vashta Narada, you literally your flesh gets eaten. The most messed up part about the Weeping Angels sending you back and you dying of old age on the exact same day as you're sent back, you're always going to know the day of your death. Yeah. And you're going to be sent away straight away from a life that you don't, that you already know of, and you've got to adjust to a new one. Yeah. So you're going to be sent back to a time where there wasn't phones, laptops, etc. Um, and I think that's just the main bad parts of uh, being killed by a weeping angel. But I'll, I would rather be chased by one because if I got caught by one, I don't think I'd mind it. I'm more than happy. What 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 I'd do is I'd run away from them and make sure I got the lottery numbers right. And then as soon as as soon as I'd figured out what the lottery numbers were for the time I was going to get fucked off back to. And I'd be like, yeah, go on, take me. Yeah, and then yeah. I'd win the lottery and then I'd have a sorted life. You know what I mean? I could die of old Bang age, but, but be bougie. So, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I agree. I'd rather I'd rather go back in time than be eaten by flesh-eating monsters. So, um, on that one as well, our next one kind of relates to Vash Narada. So, like, which monster or ent- entity would you rather see return in Doctor Who? Um, Vashta Narada or the creature from Midnight. Um, now they're both they're both creatures or, or entities that we've only seen once. Maybe they've only had like one or two episodes. Maybe the Vashta Narada, but have it in a different place because yeah. their whole thing was in a library. Like, I think the the origin for them was that they they came from a forest and they came through the woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, what, what about a story where we go to that forest? Yeah, yeah, and that'd be uh, really good. We see a story play out how they avoid shadows in a forest because you think about it, it's impossible. Yeah, there's always shadows because of the trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think, I'd, I'd say the Vashti Dorada for me. What about you? I, I totally agree, and I think with the creature from Midnight, I don't want them to make another episode and completely ruin it. Like, yeah. I think I think one episode did it perfect justice, and 
Yeah, I'd, I'd like to understand a little bit more about what it actually is because I don't think it really but went into much I, detail. But I think that works really well for it because I don't I don't think the purpose of that story was was to, to understand the creature. It was to understand humans. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I yeah. don't want to. I don't think they need to bring it back. So I, I think, that, but the Vashnarada, I think they've got more than potential to, like you said, bring it back and have it in like a woods setting. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to avoid, avoid it that way. So yeah, bang on. Um, okay, next one. Which robotic companion would you rather have, K nine or Handles? I'm gonna say Handles K-9. being the, the Cyberman head in time of the Doctor and that. Yeah, I think I'd say K nine. I don't know, it's just something about having a robot dog that can zap people think, out of its mouth. I think K9 has a better AI than Handles. I think I could have like a human conversation with K9. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just think... Handles is basically just like an upgraded Siri. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think that was quite an easy one, wasn't it, that one? Yeah, that's easy. K9 all the way. So the next one, we've actually combined our two episodes earlier that we talked about as being our least favourite episodes and put them into a Would oh, You Rather. I didn't even think about that. I forgot um, that we even made this into a Would You Rather. Okay, go on. <laughs> uh, read would it. Would you rather be absorbed by the Absorbaloff or turned into a drawing by the Squibble Monster? <laughs> um... um... Oh, that is really hard. <laughs> Do, would I rather be in Peter Kay's sweaty green body yeah. or just turn into a, a crayon? A on a kid's wall. Picture. Um, hmm. oh, I don't know, you know. I think, <laughs> I think, I think, I think being absorbed into the Asorbaloff is probably the more disgusting one. Yeah, and I think because of that, I think I'd rather be turned into a drawing. Yeah, I think I'm gonna. And then I'd be like the one of the uh, one of the I'd be like on the pictures on Harry Potter, the ones that move. Yeah, yeah, you can hang them, get yourself hung up in the uh, yeah. places at Hogwarts. So yeah, it ain't that bad. Yeah, yeah I'll no. be a picture. Bang on. Yeah, fine. Well, I mean, I think you've still got some sort of consciousness where you are in a drawing, haven't you? Because they move and stuff, don't they? Um, in that episode so I reckon I reckon so yeah like understandably like I'd rather I think you're still conscious as well when you're in the absorber off because you still see their faces don't you yeah yeah that's true but I think I'd rather be part of a drawing than part of like you said some some guy's big green belly or or wherever exactly. you get absorbed <laughs> it could be his arse cheek exactly like, I as don't want to be there fart, as soon as he farts that's it you're done you smell it every <laughs> single time <laughs> I'm not worried about farting. I'm worried about the other one. <laughs> oh, that's grim. That's grim to even think about. Um, we'll move on to the next one. Would okay. you rather look like a Centauran or be as tall as Banacafalata? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um... <laughs> <laughs> They're both pretty short. Yeah. Um, Bava Cavalat is tiny. 
I don't know. I think I'd rather. And the Camelata's also a cyborg. Yes, that's true. That's true, but you wouldn't be a cyborg. And he also, he really also pulled about... Kylie Minogue in that episode. Mm-hmm. Damn. <laughs> Short Kings for the win. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? Yeah, I'd probably say as taught. No, I'm going to say look like a Sontaran. All right. You just look like uh, a big potato, don't you? What do you reckon? You yeah, I think like a Sontaran. They're, they're the most human looking, are they? Yeah. Yeah, I'll be a Sontaran. You basically am one now, eh? You can shake your head. Oi, rude. Yeah. Enough. Yeah, pretty much. You just look like a potato. Um, okay. Would you rather meet your past self or your future self? I don't know. Um, I think there's a bit of um, a paradox in this question. Yeah. Because because if you meet your past self, you are meeting your future self. And if you meet in your future self, you are meeting your past self. Do you know what I mean? Because oh, hell, if... stop. <laughs> Why have you got to make it complicated? Right, here you are now and you meet your future self. You are your past self. So that's you meet in your past self because your future self meets your past self. <laughs> I'm confused myself. Um, no, if you meet your future self, and sorry, if you meet your past self, then you are meeting your future self. I tell you what. I don't like spoilers, so I'll meet my I'll meet my past self. Yeah. Okay. And I'll um I'll tell him not to do what I've done to lead me to this point. Yeah. Just correct a couple of little things, do a little tweak. Yeah. <laughs> but then, but then you are the future self meeting your past self. Okay. Let's move on before before we <laughs> go into paradoxes. <laughs> Okay, this one's a good one. Um, would e- you rather... Either way, you're saying whichever one we pick on that one, we're picking the same one. Exactly. Exactly. That's actually blew my mind. Okay, carry <laughs> on. Next one. Okay. Um, would you rather Doctor Who cross over with Sherlock or Peaky Blinders? I think Sherlock. Oh, I'm, I'm torn here. I'm going to say Doctor Who and Peaky Blinders would never work together. But yeah. I'd like to just see. I'd just like to see how the Doctor interacts with Tommy Shelby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it'd be so, fun. It'd be yeah, fun to yeah. see. But um, I think I think a, a, a Doctor Who Peaky Blinders crossover is more of a comic relief. Which which Doctor would you more want to see with like interact with Thomas Shelby? Matt Smith. Really? I'd I just, say I, um, I'm I'd trying say to think Capaldi. of. But it'd make the most sense, but I'm trying to think yeah. it's outrageous and crazy as it is that we're even talking about a Doctor Who and Sherlock uh, and Peaky Blinders crossover. Yeah. But I think I think just from the idea of Matt Smith being not polar opposites to Tommy Shelby, I think <laughs> I'd just like to see what the synergy is on screen and how they uh, they act around each other. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's a good question though. Who would you which Sherlock would you like to see um uh, the doctor crosser the doctor interact with so would it be robert downey jr's or would it be benedict cumberbatch's and which doctor would you like to meet the the sherlock i'd say benedict cumberbatch sherlock yep and matt smith's doctor who yeah okay yeah yeah i can see that that see yeah the sherlock one is more sensical and i could actually see it happening 
because yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit more. Because um, the showrunners for both of those shows, Sherlock and Doctor Who, were the same Ed writers at the time. So Steve, it was possible. Stephen Moffat. So, but I mean, we'll, we'll get on to who should play the next Doctor later, but we even had the crazy idea of Michael Jackson playing Doctor Who, so anything can happen. Yeah, exactly. Anything can exactly. happen. Even if they... If the, even if they did Peaky Blinders, let's say they just had an episode of Doctor Who set in that Peaky Blinders era, yeah, and you and you just had a little Easter egg with Thomas Shelby or yeah, um, yeah, the Garrison, yeah, up, just like, the, the pub, pub in the something. background, yeah, 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 yeah. that'll be something nice. small, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's an interesting question. That is, I like that one. Um, yeah, okay. Next one, would you rather have the dress sense of the 10th Doctor or the 9th Doctor? So if, if we're talking 10th Doctor, we're talking suits and trench coat, or if we're talking um, 9th, we're talking leather jacket, jeans. I think, um, yeah, I think 9th Doctor, because uh, I think I think if I if I walked around with our group in a bloody trench coat and a suit and with some converse on i'll just get ripped into yeah there's only one person in our group who that suits yeah and it's definitely not <laughs> us <laughs> we won't say his name but he knows who he is if he's listening <laughs> yeah <laughs> um the next one would you rather have a sonic screwdriver or a laser screwdriver um I think a Sonic, it seems to be the solution for any problem yeah. you're in. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I think the laser's just cooler, though. I just like the idea of a laser screwdriver. Yeah, but what are you shooting? <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> That's what I mean. I think you'll have more practicality out of a Sonic. Unless yeah, you're definitely. completely insane and you have a laser screwdriver and you want to hurt people, then yeah, go ahead, have, have the laser one. Yeah. I think, yeah, if you're trying to hurt someone, perfect. Yeah. If you're the master. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise. Next, we've got, would you rather be converted into a Cyberman or into an empty child? An empty child, because it can be reversed. A Cyberman can't be. Mm, yeah, true. But... And a Cyberman I mean, looks painful. Yeah, but so do they both. You basically, like, with an empty child as well, you basically, like grow a gas mask out your mouth yeah but a cyberman like you see how they get turned with the bloody saw blade machine and everything true and true. um and um when they're like um their emotion circuit or whatever it is gets like disabled they suddenly feel so much pain yeah so yeah i'd i'd rather be a empty child because it can be reversed but yeah when and it can't be on the base of what you just said it's like, like I said Cyberman because you're just like an empty shell after that you don't feel anything but but, but you're like not. you said yeah you're but like you said if you because that emotion circuit's on yeah but when that's disabled like that's it yeah yeah I, I agree I think I've swayed to the empty child one now yeah yeah I think definitely. that I think that's easier than we thought it was when we first wrote it down yeah definitely yeah. Um, we'll do the next one. We'll, we'll fly. We'll fly through. This is the last one. Um, would you rather have a sonic blaster which removes walls, or have own the psychic paper? 
this one's a difficult one. I think it's like the reason all the way. The reason I'm saying that is because literally you could just get in anywhere if you can remove walls. Like they're both kind of. But so the can same. the psychic paper. Yeah, I was going to say they both cover the same thing. But oh. with a blaster, you can remove the wall and get into a room, but nobody knows you're in that room. But with a psychic paper, you can be allowed into a room and everyone knows you're in that room and you're fine. Mm, true. Also with a sonic blaster, though, it's an easy escape. If you ever get took to prison. True. But you could have some kind of document on your psychic paper saying that you're not allowed <laughs> to go to prison. <laughs> oh, I'd rather have a sonic blaster. I just like the idea of being able to just remove walls. Yeah. And go in and just put the wall back. Like I, suppose a, I suppose a gun is cooler than a piece of paper at the end of the day. Are you? Yeah. I think they're both, like I said, they both do the same thing really, don't they? No, they yeah, yeah. get in places, but, but yeah, I'd, I'd rather have a sonic blaster, but I can understand why you'd pick the psychic paper and, it's still got like a valid reason to have that. I'd I'd so. go with psychic paper. Yeah. Right. That's the end of Would You Rather. Yeah, I think finish that. This has been quite a long episode as it is, but I think we just need to fly through. Let's tell them what we're gonna go on about. We're basically okay. gonna talk about who should play dot two next. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um we think they should be British. I think they always have been, haven't they? Yeah, they've, they've always been they British. always have been and should. I think it's a tri- it's it's such a British show now. It's part of British culture. It has to be yeah. a British actor. Definitely. Um, I think they need a different personality to what the past doctors have had. So we've had like an angry doctor. We've had like a crazy doctor. Um, do you know what I mean? We've had like a a, a, ver- a variety of different of different ones, and I think we just need someone that's different. Yeah. Um, um, well, that comes with every regeneration of the Doctor. Um, yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll always be a little soft reboot, like we mentioned earlier. Um, yeah. So we've got a list of celebrity names. Agree or disagree, but we feel like they could be good choices. Okay. Yeah. Um, Richard Iowardi, um, a.k.a. Moss from the IT crowd. Yeah, he's or, the um, comedian, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he'd be good for the humour of the Doctor, and he's got the look as well. Like yeah, he can look, like, he can look like the Doctor, and the quirkiness and all that. But I can't see him doing those the serious scenes we also get in Doctor Who, especially with him playing a character like Moss. This, this is kind of highlighting my problem with having Matt Lucas as as one of the companions as well. Like it's like. I've seen them in a comedy role and now I can't take them seriously almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's why I think, that's why I agree with you there. Like, he'd be great until it got to the serious bits where it's like the empowering, looking down yeah. the camera um, kind of scenes. So, yeah. He might work better as a comic relief, but a, a character in the show then. So like a companion or something, yeah. Yeah. Um, the next one we got is Michaela Cole. This never crossed my mind till I saw it on another website uh, about like people who should play. And it makes so much sense to me now that I think about it. Yeah. Um, she's done the fun and com- comedy side of her acting career. She did yeah. that with Chewing Gum. And she's also 
gone on the dark side of her acting with um, I May Destroy You and um and other and other properties and like and I, I, I see it as well. I can yeah. see her in like a a fun like Doctor Who esque outfit being the doctor because she can play those scenes and that role. So she's got the range to to get Yeah. Yeah and she's to, to do she's those series as well. And, yeah. Everyone everyone likes Michaela Cole. So I yeah. don't think anyone would really complain if they announced that she would be the new Doctor. No, no, definitely not. Uh, yeah. Um, next one. This one's a little bit of a wishy-washy one. Uh, but we've got Daniel Radcliffe. Now, yeah. I think, again, he's done... I think this one, he's done more serious than he's done comedy. And I think he can do comedy. But and and I think what what we're trying to say is with with the Doctor Who actors or actresses they're not very A class whereas Daniel Radcliffe has been A class yeah but ever since Harry Potter he's kind of been he's not really done like a big franchise or a big film no or, no no or, stuff, or even since something like The Woman in Black yeah or since something something along those lines so. I've seen him in a few things, but they've been more like indie films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smaller productions and yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. But like, he fits our bill. He's British. Yeah. He can play the serious parts. And he has been known to play the comedic and quirky parts. He, yeah. Like the, the villain in Now You See Me Too, which he plays. Like, yeah, yeah. He plays that fun quirkiness of a character really well in that and he can bring that into the doctor so yeah definitely I, yeah. I think he can work as doctor who if he ever did it or has ever offered yeah yeah sure um I think so too the next one we got written down is a uh, nicholas holt um for people who don't know that's um is it tony from skins i think so i can't remember i'm not very good at the names off the top of my yeah. head but well yeah, he played, he played skins effie's again, brother yeah, British actor. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing I've got about this one, he, he doesn't... I know this is going to sound very uh, vague, but he doesn't look like a Doctor Who. No. I, I do kind of get what you're saying. I can't, I can't picture him in some kind of suit looking over the TARDIS console. Hmm. Yeah. Like, I can't picture him doing that. Yeah. But um, that's, that's he fits the bill as an actor and, like, what we'd find for, for someone playing it. But, like I said, I don't think he's got the look quite right. No. No, no I agree, yeah. I think, like you said, everything else is there. It's just the, the look of the Doctor. Yeah. It doesn't and, look um, like a, a Doctor. But I, I, I'd say the same about our next one, which is... Tom Felton. Yeah, going back to Harry Potter actors. Yeah. Um, this is the one who played Draco Malfoy, if people are wondering. He doesn't look like Draco Malfoy anymore. He's grown no, up a I bit. I know, I know, but I still, feel as though, I still feel as though... I, I mean, he could, again, he could play it. Like, I reckon... I reckon I'm being a little bit tunnel-visioned here and thinking that a doctor has to look in a particular way. But... yeah. We might be surprised. We might be surprised by the fact he plays like quite a cool new. This could be the way that they introduce the new generation of Doctor Who with somebody like 
that's completely different to what we've had before that we don't expect them to be to be good at playing the role but they are yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's like that that's how i think the new generation of doctor who should have gone but yeah I- I, I think he could do it personally. It reminds me a bit of like a, a young Peter Capaldi. Mm. So I, okay, I think he, yeah. I think he could do it. Yeah. But um, moving on, this this was this was your shout, um, <laughs> Rowan Atkinson. This was my favourite option. No, yeah. I, I know I've said in the past, like people that do comedy in particular, but this man has so much range, like. Um, even even in things like he's he's played Mr Bean, which is like he doesn't talk at all, and then he's played in Johnny English, and I know Johnny English isn't a serious film, but no. there is bits that are classed as serious, like some of the things he says. But I reckon he could be. He's like a British treasure, and so is Doctor Who. And if they want to revive yeah. the series, then the bring a British treasure and Doctor Who together, it'd work perfectly. And um, you can argue that he's already done his audition tape. Cause, yeah, with the comic relief, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> ages ago, uh, in comic relief, I think it was like a 90s comic relief, um, He did, they did like a, a spoof Doctor Who thing where he played the Doctor. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty sure Rowan Axelson has had um, quite serious roles as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, like he has got the range. He's got. He's got the. He fits the bill of what we see in the Doctor, and he's older as well, which I think makes more sense for the Doctor to be to look older. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. That that was one of my favourite suggestions. That was. Yeah, um, there's another one as well. Andrew Lee Potts. If uh, anyone doesn't know who that is, that's the guy who played Connor in um, Primeval. And if I you still don't know who that is, I can't I really give say, you another yeah. example. <laughs> I think if you don't know who that is, then you, you've not well, really he, know who that is. It, it, it's, was, it's like a show from like charismatic tech geeky guy on the sh- on that show, and I yeah. think that kind of fits the bill for him to play some kind of incarnation of the Doctor. But yeah. I want to put him up there as my favourite to play the Doctor. No, definitely not. No. Um, the next one we've got is Tilda Swinton. Um, for those who don't know, this one is it's the ancient one in Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um, she plays the ancient one, sorry. Um, I think this one's a really good suggestion. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I really do think, especially this This is based more so on the, the way she is in Doctor Strange. Like, she's quite witty. And yeah. I think bringing something like that and that experience into the Doctor Who role I think it fits perfectly. You can say her character in Doctor Strange, um, where she's playing the ancient one, actually has similarities to the Doctor. They're this old being. They have all this knowledge of the world, time, and dimensions, and all the, and all this science fiction stuff. Yeah. Uh, but they've also got this funny and charismatic attitude behind them. But when things do get serious, they can also switch as well. So yeah. Tilda Swinton, like she's a very, very good fit. It's just whether Tilda Swinton would do that. Yeah. With Essentially, Doctor Who. it seems as though she did her audition for Doctor Who by playing the ancient one is what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> so um, 
on on the topic of Doctor Strange, we put down Benedict Cumberbatch. Now, it'd be great to see him play the role. He's played in a lot of BBC stuff already with Sherlock yeah. and such, and I think he's a bit too famous now. He's too A-list. Yeah. He's, um, he's still got Doctor Strange and that role there, and I think he might have a little bit too much on his plate to be looking at doing things like Doctor Who and everything as well. I, th- I think if Benedict wasn't as big as he is now and he didn't play Sherlock, yeah, he, he would be an amazing Doctor in Doctor Definitely, Who. Definitely, yeah. But, but I think the timing now, it wouldn't be right for him to take that role. No. Which is a shame. But, it, um, is, it is a real shame. We got as well Hugh Laurie. Um, don't know much about him acting-wise, and I know he was in-house, so... I think he can. I think there's this, a bit of comedy and serious, I think seriousness in that show. This one we put more down for the look. Yeah, so yeah. A, a lot of these that we've, we've identified as some that are like got the acting abilities there and the look, but then some that we've just put down for the sake of they look like a doctor or yeah. they'd, they'd give us the vibe that they'd play a good doctor. So but yeah, I agree because. Uh, he looks like Peter Capaldi. Yeah. I yeah. do <laughs> just look a little bit like Peter Capaldi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Felton looks like a young Peter Capaldi. Hugh Laurie looks like a middle-aged Peter Capaldi. Are we, Peter are we Capaldi just, ask, just looks like Peter Capaldi. Are we just asking for a Peter Capaldi era reboot? Is that what we're saying? Yeah, we'll, just bring Peter, we'll just bring Peter Capaldi back. <laughs> Actually, no, I'll bring I mean, another. Let's bring Lewis Capaldi and make him the Doctor. <laughs> I mean, Peter Capaldi already starred in Doctor Who before he was the Doctor anyway. He was in the um, the Pompeii episode with Donna and the Tenth Doctor. I mean, you could just be like, well, this is a new Doctor, and then just style him differently. So let's, let's just bring Peter Capaldi back. That's who the next yep. Doctor. That's who's the next Doctor. Why not? <laughs> You've ruined the canon and destroyed everything <laughs> else. You might as well just be like, well... You can regenerate <laughs> backwards now. <laughs> I think I think if they were to regenerate back into an old Doctor, I'd rather it be David Tennant than Peter Capaldi. Yeah, definitely. I would like to see Peter Capaldi done again with a few yeah. better stories. But um, moving on to the next one, Michael Sheen, um, mm-hmm. a.k.a. He's been in Good Almonds with David Tennant, the Amazon show, um, and he's been in twilight i'm trying to think of like a standout role that he's been in that people will know him for mm. um but i can't a lot, a lot of, of people one. will know him for the the twilight thing i think yeah if you google a picture of him you'll know him straight away but like yeah the way he looks now he has like crazy curly hair he has a big beard, beard. and i'm like yeah. you look you look like doctor who you do yeah again and, um, i think this is one one that we put down for looks especially again yeah and Definitely. he can he can do the fun. He can do the seriousness as well. He's played alongside uh, an ex-doctor as well, David Tennant. Like he fits the bill a lot. Michael Sheen does. It's just whether it be something he do because I think he's quite big himself. Yeah, yeah. So the next one, I think this is one that you put down. Um, that you put down Hayley Atwell. Yeah. Um, not my personal choice. I just saw it as a suggestion on another website of who can yeah. play the Doctor next. Um, yeah, she's cool. She could do it, but I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it's really most suited to her compared to other people we've had on the mm. list. 
Yeah, I think some of them are a little bit wishy-washy, but yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. a lot. A lot of it, I think, again, we're basing a lot of it on how they look, or and and I think that's something we missed out when we said like the core fundamentals. You have to be to be Doctor Who, so we've got a lot of British. Um, yeah, that we've got a lot of people that can possibly do different personalities. But I think what we should have included in there as well is they've got to have the look, the Doctor Who look. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah definitely. Next one that we've got is Tom Hiddleston. Too famous. Yeah. Scratch him off. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been nice to have seen, though. I think he'd yeah, have, yeah. have bought something different to the table. He'd have been, he'd have been really good, but there's no yeah. chance. It would never happen. No, He's too big. Happen. See you later. The, close, the closest we get into a Doctor Who type thing with Tom Hiddleston is the upcoming Loki series. So yeah. that's just that, that's time related anyway. So if you kind of close your eyes, maybe squint a little bit, we might be able to imagine him as Doctor Who from that. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, got written down as well. Lydia Selba again would be very cool to see, yeah. but I think I think he's too good looking to be the Doctor. To be honest, I think he's he's more of a candidate for uh, Bond than Doctor Who. To be yeah, fair. definitely. I see so, more as Bond than the Doctor. Yeah. Um, and then to finish off our list, we've got Jack Whitehall. <laughs> um, I'm a bit torn on this one because I don't know whether he could handle the serious side. I, I see it, but I don't see it. Yeah. Like, because I feel like he could bring a character and personality to the Doctor, which we haven't actually seen before, like that Jack Whitehall personality. Yeah, but When it comes to the yeah. seri- seriousness... I don't think, I don't think Jack Whitehall's got that in his bag to do. No. And all, and like we, we said for a couple of others, we just said they're, they're probably too famous to do it now. Yeah. But Jack Whitehall's getting big. Yeah, like, he's, he's not just doing his comedy anymore, is he? He has gone into nah. acting and he has got a lot of things on his plate. So yeah, he's yeah, going to no. be in a movie with The Rock. Yeah, like yeah. A Disney movie. Like I think you know you've made as an actor if you're starring in a Disney movie and and you're rock and the rock's the co-star. Yeah, like, yeah, definitely. He's got to so have done something right. He's definitely going places. So I don't yeah. know. It'd be it'd be fun, but I don't think we'd ever see it. Maybe may, no. maybe in a comic relief spoof. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. similar to Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One that we haven't got on this list that I, I thought of as well um, uh, is Eddie Redmayne. So this is the guy that played um, Stephen Hawking in The Theory of Everything, and he played the main character in Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. Um, again, it's because he plays a very similar role. Like I'm, I'm not saying Harry Potter in that kind of universe is similar to Doctor Who, but he's obviously got like the magic aspect and the science fiction. I mean, and... just the outfit he wears in Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, exactly, like, yeah. He's got the look. Doctor he's Who. definitely got the look. And I think he's, again, he, I think it's something that we haven't really seen in Doctor Who. He's quite an introvert, whereas we've had a lot of extroverted Doctors. So maybe it'd be yeah. st- different. I'm not saying that we have a Doctor that just doesn't speak to anybody at all, but he's a bit more like calculated and timid rather than being loud in your face. I think I think it would be a different vibe Take and a different... Doctor. Yeah, exactly. If, yeah. You say, if you're um, saying we got like an introverted Doctor, could we do like a whole season where he doesn't have a companion? And we're just exactly, following or, just or following he barely doctor. has companions or he has different companions or... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that would be, that'd be interesting to, to, to look at. 
I, that's what that's what I saw when I looked at him because even like his his character in Fantastic Beasts is quite introverted. He doesn't really speak much. He's not really loud and in your face. And the same with the theory of everything. Obviously, that's based on on you know like true events and such. But still, yeah. he plays that character and that introverted and that sort of quiet, shy, timid. Uh, character really well so I think that would be something that you'd be able to bring to the Doctor Who un- the universe that something that yeah. we haven't seen before that's, so a good that's, that's be why fair. I got him down I like that I like that idea mm. um, if, if people have any other suggestions don't know how many people are going to actually watch this or listen to this drop them in the comments let us know yeah yeah, I'll be, yeah, be interested to see what other people think would be a good take for the Doctor. But um, there's, yeah, there's definitely people we've missed off there, I think. But but obviously, remember that. Remember what we said. I think they have to be British. I yeah. don't think, especially, I'm not going to take any American actors um, as as the Doctor. I think it has to be has to be unless British. they're unless they're very good at playing someone British. Yeah, okay, I might yeah. be able to pass it. Because you know, do you watch? Have you watched Sex Education on Netflix? Yeah. You know Otis's mom. Yeah. That she's actress American. is American. But she, yeah. yeah, she is really good at, at, at British acting. And she British also actress. plays Margaret Thatcher in The Crown, and she's an American actress. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. With all right, then I think to rephrase that, if you've got any suggestions whatsoever. For somebody that you feel that play a good Doctor Who, then yeah, even if they're American yeah. or 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 any other nationality, yeah, I think I, th- I think it's got... tradition for it to be a British actor. But yeah. if you have a if you have a good person within reason who is American, then yeah, bang him in. Yeah, yeah, I think that wraps up nicely for this episode. Yeah, uh, I think this... it's going to have been quite a long one. So if you have listened to the end, thank you very much. Um, yeah, this yeah. has been a really good one. I hope everyone's listened and enjoyed the show. I definitely um, enjoy. I think we've enjoyed making this one. This has been like yeah. a, a blast from the past, back to the childhood. Yeah, definitely. So, Make yeah. sure you follow us on Twitter, um, Instagram. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow the Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever else we're on. Google Podcast Breaker, all of them. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening. So that was our Hooniverse episode of the Motion Listener podcast. I do hope you enjoyed it. Again, just apologising for any technical glitches that might have ruined your listening experience. I hope it wasn't too much of an issue for you. But uh, if you're still here at the end, I just want to say thank you for listening and tune in for the next one. <laughs>